Welcome to the Future of the Mind, where two seasoned psychotherapists explore topics that bridge science with spirituality and psychology, ultimately uncovering the fundamentals of human behavior. Ever wonder why we do what we do? The answers are more simple and scientific-based than you can imagine. This understanding allows for practical, day-to-day approaches for change. Your hosts are the developers of the therapeutic model, the Soul Happy Technique, and are also authors and co-founders of Soul Happy, a company aimed at healing humanity, one subconscious mind at a time. Hey everybody, welcome. We are on episode 10 of our podcast. I am your host, Tracy Zaboro, and I am joined by my, uh, my, my fellow psychotherapist, Carrie Hewitt. Hello, everybody. Great to be here again, and we're excited to talk about this episode. Yeah, today we, we're going to talk about something that we, we have termed, or we've coined the term, I don't know if we've coined the term, but anyway, we're going to talk about atmospheric conditions. What's that? And how does that relate to the way we view our world and the way we behave and the way we um, interact every single day in our lives? And so this is an important concept and we're going to break it down for you um, in a way we think that you will understand it. Uh, It's very, very simple. It has to do with how we are programmed since birth. Yeah, the atmospheric conditions are basically referring to the kind of whatever the specific dynamics are of what you experience throughout, you know, like kind of focused initially on throughout your childhood. What are the uh, factors that made up your childhood that then is what was, that's what was programmed into who you developed, how you developed into who you have become and how you view your world. So, so for instance, we're um, looking at things like, so what was your family life like when you were being, when you were growing up? Was it really loving? Was it very strict? Were, did you live in kind of in fear? Did you feel secure? What, you know, think about like what your family life was like. Right. And think about the, a good visual for this. You know, you've heard that term, oh, you, you view the world from rose-colored glasses. Well, imagine that every single person has a different lens, um, not just that rose color, but, but every color and every thickness and every um, imaginable lens. Well, that's what's out there. Well, that's a great, I, I really like that um, visual, Kara, because, you know, whenever you, you know, when somebody gets accused of looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, they may actually be somebody who truly was raised with the kind of love and security that they were programmed to feel like they pretty much seek out the positive in whatever is in front of them. So and truly, the opposite of that would be somebody who, who views out of um, very dark, black, muddy, Muddy, muddy lenses. Yeah, cracked. Um, right. Jagged edge glasses. So we all have our way of viewing the world. And that is kind of the topic that we're going to discuss today. So that's, we're going to break down atmospheric conditions. And I think, Tracy, you've got a great 
uh, scenario or a, a story to tell in regards to atmospheric conditions. Um, so we're just going to, we're going to give you that if you want to, you know, kind of visualize this whole story, then we're going to break it down and how you, how it relates to all of us. Well, you know what I think we should do is just give some examples of atmospheric conditions first so people can really see what we're talking about. And okay. then the, the story kind of helps us understand, it illustrates how, how literally, how we are programmed either for fear, programmed for love programmed. I mean, we are programmed and it is in us and it is innately in us mm -hmm. with our, with our childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so for when so we should start, I, I think it'd be good to start there with like, I'll give you some, I'll give you an example of my own childhood. I was raised in a um, very, very loving family, but very, very Catholic, very strict Catholic family. And, um, went to Catholic uh, education as well. And I, you know, one of the things that I would say, one of the factors that determined kind of how I, how I was programmed was I there was a sense of fear and guilt in the way I was programmed. I, I kind of understood things too. I, during the developmental stages of my personality, I, I understood to look outward. That's kind of the way it was for me for direction. So follow, you know, what are, what are the certain rules? What are the guidelines? What are my boundaries? What are my, that was all very much dictated for me. And as a result, the, the bad, the bad byproduct of that is that I never, I never looked inward to, for to find my own kind of my own inner voice and direction of what really just felt right for me. I did more what was supposedly right given my outward direction does that make sense mm -hmm. and and for me i would say you know uh, as you a, a strict environment um italian father um who who dictated the way that i was to behave and so for me i, I guess you could say that my programming stemmed from this this very strict environment um, this, this way, you know, you walk the line always. And for me, that was, that was my programming. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate when they think back on, on who they were, the, the type of family that they grew up in and how they were raised. Was it, was it, it could be, it could be loving like Tracy's. It, it could be judgmental, maybe more like mine. Um, but the fact is we are all programmed to live a certain, or, or we're programs in our childhood to view the, our world a certain way. Yeah, um, and, and what we're trying to say is, um, I guess we're kind of like trying to give you guys a break that if you really think about the way you're programmed, or Kara, Kara, as you like to say, remember what you've said about that? We can, we actually can blame our parents. Yeah. <laughs> yep, the, the good news is, uh, is that, um, we're all in the same boat and the bad news is we really can blame our parents. They did really screw us up. <laughs> right. Because it's, because really, it really kind of is not your fault then if you think about the way you were programmed, I was lucky enough to have felt a lot of love. There also happened to have been a lot of criticism and a lot of judgment. So, you know, and it kind of stemmed from that whole Catholic thing, but so say, say it wasn't balanced out with love and security and it was just, 
like literally um, fear. Like I guess, Kara, that's kind of what you described, you know, kind of fear-based without, without a lot of compassion. Right. And, and it's just something to be aware of, I think, for, for us to, to convey that there is no right or wrong. We're all in this boat together. We're all trying to live our best life. If you look back at our childhoods and see where we're coming from, well, you know, we're doing the best we can. Um, like you said, like Tracy said, give yourself a break. So understand it. This is, this is how, this is about the human experience. We all have these ways of growing up and we know, you know, through, through, you know, scientists have said, you know, we're all in these very, very, uh, when, when you say, oh, children are like a sponge. Well, that's, that's literal now. We know that children up until the age of three are actually in a very, very low brainwave state. So they really do soak up all the because the lower brainwave state allows you. That's the that's right. the point. You're not as you're not as much in your conscious mind. You're in a lower create more creative brainwave state, which happens to be also the subconscious, the creative area. And, and we now take, understand that. And taking in loads of information. So loads. so literally that is why I mean Freud actually had it right when he said that the you know all of those all of those family dynamics play a huge role in who we become. It's just that, you know, one thing that Freud didn't know is that we can go in and reprogram that now. Number one, if we understand that, first of all, it's not our fault. We like literally, I don't mean that we're not accountable for who we are and and our actions. What I'm trying to say is if we understand why we act the way we act, we can take full responsibility and change it because now we actually know we can go in and reprogram it. And that's, what's pretty exciting. But, but, but that's a, that's kind of a topic for another podcast. The point today is just understanding how the program took place, what contributed to your programming so that you can say not to, not to blame your parents and, and get into an angry state over this. It's more to say, Oh, well, that's why I sometimes have some insecurities. Like in my case, I think my insecurities stemmed from not really allowing myself to just um, depend and rely on my own inner guidance or compass or focus or voice, but more or less look outward for the guidance, the voice, the, you know, the focus. So my insecurities stem maybe from... I, what wasn't really built up in me was was that inner confidence that each of us want to have. Each of us want to be able to feel like we can rely uh, on ourselves, so that in any given any given situation, whether it's a true survival based situation or it's just coping, you know, general coping with day in, or it's how you respond in relationships. We wanna we wanna feel like we can rely on ourselves. Right. I mean, doesn't that kind of sum up what wouldn't you just love to know that you can rely on yourself to guide yourself in a good way through coping, through survival, through through any of that? Yeah. So to ask yourself, you know, what were your atmospheric conditions that contributed to the way you view your world? And um, you can even if, if you want to look at a visual for this use your creative imagination to even imagine those lenses on your eyes. What did that look like for you? And how many lenses do you now have as an adult when you look out in your world? Right. Yeah. Like, 
if if we all start out with a pretty pretty rose colored lens, um, when did yours start getting foggy? When did yours start becoming a darker lens? Um, for those of you who have had some really ongoing um, chronic trauma or abuse, um, your lens is probably you know it got thicker and thicker, and things became more fear based and if you really understand that, doesn't it feel like you can cut yourself a break? And if you understand it in a way that we're not placing blame, we're saying this is now if we see it almost more like science as the way you're programmed. Um, oh, and by the way, the way you're programmed, the subconscious mind, unlike the human conscious mind, does not, it, it's, it, it, it's all factual. It, it, you're programmed in a way because of your, um, because of these experiences, it, it is factually programmed, not judgmentally or objectively programmed. It's not like your subconscious mind is saying, as you're program, as you're being programmed for, let's just say, a really critical father. Like let's just use Kara for an example. Mm -hmm. If your subconscious mind is being programmed for with this criticism. You, the subconscious mind is not thinking, well, what an asshole that dad is. I can't believe you're being programmed to be scared of everything because he's been, you know, like what a jerk he is. No, it's just factual. It's just simply taking it in, taking the data in, storing the data. And now Kara is looking at her world through this accumulated data that's been stored up. There's no judgment. There's no nothing. That's like the beauty of the science behind all this. So when, when we're kind of saying, yeah, you know, maybe you, you know, your parents did screw you up or we kind of tease about that. The point here isn't for you to then get upset about your parents. And this is a whole new way of looking at things. I mean, yeah. naturally, of course, Kara, it's probably easy to say, I wish I had a dad that had been a, a little less critical or a little less overbearing or a little less judgmental. Well, you know, and, and that's the beauty of this understanding. And if you truly understand it, and it's certainly, um, this is for, you know, you know, you could write volumes about atmospheric conditions and how it affects people's lives. But the reality is if you can disassociate or, or, or assimilate the information in a way that says, yes, that happened to me. And, um, that's how I was programmed. And now as an adult, I can view it from more of a stance of, okay, I don't have all that emotion attached to it anymore because it's, it is what it is. And I think Trace, you've got a really, we, we've got yeah. a story we've written about in our book that, um, that I think really conveys this whole concept really well. And so right. I'll let you, um, right. So to bring it back to the, the story that's going to illustrate all this that Kara was referring to at the beginning of the podcast, so this is actually a true story, and I'm just going to tell the story, and then we'll we'll um, you know discuss how how it illustrates atmospheric conditions. So a few years back, um, on the in the New York subway, uh, there was a situation where a man was walking down the platform and was in a hurry, going very quickly, very distracted, and he bumped another man in the you know like like ran into him kind of. And the other man responded very knee-jerk reaction of like, like, holy crap, and, and shoved the man. Like, what, what the hell did you bump into me for and shoved the man? Well, this, this first man stumbles into the tracks, stumbles down onto the tracks off the platform. And you could hear off in the distance that an, an oncoming train, you know, a subway train was, was approaching. 
there was a group of teenagers standing by that were witnessing this. And without even thinking, in a knee-jerk reaction kind of a way, one of the teens jumped right down into the platform to, to try to gra grab this man before the train came. When he did that, the other teens jumped into action as well and jumped down or assisted with the pulling out. So, you know, either jumped down or, or assisted. This group of teens helped bring this man to safety. Um, and, the, and sure enough, the train came through and the man was pulled to safety and, and he, and he uh, you know, it's like a, like a hero story. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I want to start right out with is if you think about what we just said, that the subconscious mind stores these things without any judgment. I was wondering if we could all look at this from a scientific standpoint and look at it with no judgment at all, rather than thinking of that first man uh, who shoved the who shoved the man, rather than thinking of him as kind of like a monster or what would make him react in such a way, let's try to understand his atmospheric conditions that would make him be so fearful that his first reaction was kind of um, almost like uh, what's the word? Like he was paranoid. He was paranoid. Like like why the hell? Why the hell are you bumping into me? Well, the guy. You know, you know what I mean? Like he had immediately reacted in a way that was fear-based, paranoia-based, and responded accordingly. But rather than thinking of him as a monster, let's just think about his atmospheric conditions that made him respond in the way he did. And let's think about the atmospheric conditions that made that initial teen, the one who jumped into action, rather than thinking of him as a hero. Because we're trying to not judge here. Let's just look simply from a scientific standpoint what makes one person programmed in the way that they are and what makes another person programmed mm -hmm. in the way they are that makes them view them themselves in such a way that they react in such a way yeah that so that so let's just take the hero for example the hero that jumped onto the tracks without even thinking and brought the man to safety what were his atmospheric conditions growing up that made the mind of that individual not think twice, just knew, put himself at risk, jump down there and pull this man to safety. What were his atmospheric conditions? I mean, I, right out of the gate, only, one thing I, We can only suppose, or we can only supposition about what his atmospheric conditions were. Um, his, same, his would not have been very fear-based. I mean, there's, there's, it's obvious that this guy thought in terms of positivity and, um, almost probably, you know, grew up in a little bit of an idealistic, like the opposite of fear is love. So I'm going to assume a very loving, positive. Yeah, um, and, and compassionate. You know, he, he saw somebody in need and he jumped in and, and rescued. So the other guy, who knows? You know, what, we, we have no way of knowing what his atmospheric conditions were. But the point being made is like Tracy said, from, from a objective perspective, all of these individuals playing out in these scenarios, if you can just look at them and understanding where they're coming from rather than make judgments about their behavior. So the guy who um, did the pushing, you know, it's like Kara said, we don't know exactly what his atmospheric conditions are, but we can, we can surmise that he had a mind that kind of came a little bit from fear-based. He, 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 because of his atmospheric conditions and the way he was raised, he, he was programmed in such a way to kind of assume the, I don't want to say the worst, but you know, he assumed that that guy 
yeah. an aggressive nature. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he assumed that that guy was somehow, you know, he took it personal that the guy bumped into him and, and he was, and he became aggressive. Yeah. That, right. So, and the same goes true for, for, so take that scenario, understand your, um, your own, you know, listeners out there who are, who are relating to this, look at your own life experiences and how they've shaped the way you view your world now. And if you can come to a perspective where you look at it from this so-called science perspective, rather than judgment, then you can understand where you can too move beyond the fear, move beyond the emotional aspects of it. I've done that myself in my own life and in certain ways. And in certain ways, I still have a lot of work to do. But I will say I've done that in, in terms of my childhood and where I've come from um, with, with this you know, judgmental, critical father. Um, I've, I've learned to understand what my father's atmospheric conditions were. And, I've, and it's given me that, um, uh, that bridge of understanding rather than me holding on to that emotional, um, to use a term we used in the last, in last two, po or two podcasts ago, that emotional baggage carrying around with me like a big sack of potatoes. I've learned to let that go a long time ago. And it's because of this understanding, um, this, this atmospheric conditions that, that, um, that allowed for me to move beyond it. And so that's why Tracy and I are coming to you today to talk about this because it's a big deal. It's a really, really big, big deal. If you're looking to heal your emotional trauma, your emotional um, issues that you carry around with you, you know, what, what sack are you dragging around with you all day long? And how does that relate to atmospheric conditions? Right. And if you, if you, just kind of like, let's just use the story again for a second. If you kind of think like, where do you kind of fall more on, on the path of each of the people in the story? You know, are you somebody who kind of responds aggressively when they're being provoked? Are you somebody who doesn't think twice to jump in and help? Or are you probably more like the, like most of us probably fall somewhere more in the middle, the kind of the group of teens who like once they realized, oh, oh my God, you know, our buddy jumped in there, let's go help. You know, maybe you're not on either extreme, not extremely aggressive and not extremely idealistic and heroic, or we said, let's not even think of him as a hero, but you know what I mean? To, you know, quick to, quick to help. Most of us probably fall a little somewhere more in the middle. We're not super aggressive and we're not super, you know, we don't, we're somewhere in the middle. The point is, if you understand where you fall, you now know that there's hope that we can't, from what we're letting you know now, that from as behaviorists, we can now reprogram break up some of the atmospheric conditions that have been programmed in your mind through really through through reprogramming but also like Kara said also some of it just in its understanding yeah it shifts your perspective and allows you to view it differently and it doesn't have such a hold on you as soon as you understand and you kind of take the take the blame away and you just get it like Kara over time it didn't it wasn't even a reprogram and she the, these um the, the ways that we reprogram are actual exercises but for Kara it was more of a just a shift in perspective that the understanding and awareness brought a new peace of mind to how how that affected her being raised by kind of a 
you know, like a, a strong, a strong, heavy personality with a critical kind of a judging mind, how that affected her. And with that understanding, she was actually just able to let a lot of that go. I think yeah. that can happen for a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. So think about your atmospheric conditions, even write them down, uh, write about what kind, what kind of environment did you grow? How does it, how does it affect you now? And how, what, how do, what kind of lens are you looking through? And just that alone is a good path. Because then you can do some things about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like in my case, when I really did realize that I was not encouraged to, to go inward and, and just kind of be my own inner guidance, that just wasn't built up. When I realized that, well, heck, then I got something to work with. I, you know, I kind of did more of an inner journey over the last few years once that was understood. And it really has made a difference. It's made a huge difference. I, I've, I've grown to genuinely be able to just kind of trust my own inner guidance. And I just hadn't built that up before. And, and guess what? None of this is that hard to, it's surprisingly not that hard to do once you really understand. Once I understood what makes me act the way I act, I had to, it. I don't know. It falls into place much easier than you would think for the things that you wish you could change once you understand where, where they come from. So the takeaway for today would be, what are your atmospheric conditions? And how can you evaluate them in a way that will be helpful and conducive for growth and healing in the future? So with that, we are going to uh, end this podcast, but we hope we've given you some things to think about. And check us out at soulhappy.com. We talk about atmospheric conditions on the website. We talk about atmospheric conditions in, our, um, in the therapeutic technique that Karen and I have developed. So again, we're just so excited to share all this with you. So until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.